Hi, Tribe. I'm Versavia. And I'm Evelyn. And you're listening to Objectively Typed, a podcast where we explore the objective personality system. Today, we'll be typing Bo Burnham, uh, who is a comedian, a director, a writer. He is, uh, some people describe him as one of the first internet sensations, or YouTube sensations, rather, um, one of the first people to go viral on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He started out by writing these little songs and uploading them to YouTube so he could share them with his brother, who was in college at the time. And it was before YouTube became what it is today. And they kind of went viral. And he ended up having his own MTV show for a while, has a couple of Netflix specials, and uh, recently came out with a movie called Eighth Grade about the last uh, two weeks of eighth grade for this teenage girl. Yeah, present day, yeah, a a present day look at an eighth grade girl. So I had not heard of Bo Burnham before. I think I'm just old enough that I just was not, you know, keyed into paying attention to this stuff. (laughs) So you introduced him to me. Very interesting guy. Very cool guy. Really liked him. Like, I haven't seen the movie yet. And like, honestly, like hearing them talk about it, I emotionally need to like get myself jazzed up to watch it because (laughs) I have a little girl who's four and like I Right now, I'm not ready to process the idea of her being in middle school with the internet <laughs> because I'm just like, <laughs> like the more they talked about it, the more I was like having hives like, oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with it because it's, a, I mean, I normally don't feel like an old person, but you know, when I was in eighth grade, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have this stuff. And kids today need to grow up with social media. And that's what I heard him really doing a good job of articulating the strangeness of that experience. And and what I really liked, what I really respected and liked about listening to him was that he wanted to be he wanted to tell the true story of what that's like. You know, he didn't he didn't want to make this into something different than the reality of it. And he, and, he, and he didn't want to focus on the people who go viral, right? Everybody knows about the viral videos and the trending page and things like this. So, like, I think he I think he he really gets it. But I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> it scares me <laughs> from my own life. That's all. <laughs> it's not a problem with him. Like, he's great. <laughs> yeah, I think the interesting thing, I, I did see the movie Eighth Grade. And what I found, well, first let's, let's do the type reveal. What did you get for his type? Well, what did I get? yeah. So we were chatting, uh, we were chatting before the podcast started. So we were like, let's just go ahead and record. We should just go ahead and record this because I don't think I have a definitive type. So I have like pieces. Um, he was a super chill, really cool guy. And so like when you have people like this, uh, it's, it can be hard. I'll, I'll just read you like my commit list. And even the commit list, I'll say it's like soft commitments. And so I think I think this will be just an interesting discussion to just talk about like what we saw. Basically, I'm pretty sure about self above tribe, pretty sure about feminine uh, extroverted decider. He has that cat energy. He will he will he will cat energy you. He will scratch. Um, very chill guy. But you cross him and you're going to get hit. I was leaning towards Decider. I heard a lot of um, like he the part of the reason I was leaning towards Decider and we could talk about it, but I'll just preview it here was he was very even with the observers like and so where I struggled a lot was on gather versus organize and N over S because while I thought I heard a lot of N over S. I also heard a lot of respect for the sensory too. So sensory didn't seem to be a demon. So it was like, whoa, I don't, I didn't know. Um, So I I wrote N over S 
in my commit list but like again it's like I don't I don't know <laughs> because like right underneath it I I wrote like S I think he probably is on the SENI because he seems to want to gather the sensory to then put it in a um a unified sort of theory but again I, I heard a lot of what sounded like any also so I struggled there I I think he blasts before he plays I was getting that but Again, like pretty much everything was like a big question mark soft with this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the Like I said, like he very, very, very cool guy. And and so this is a, a, a hallmark to me of somebody who's pretty balanced in there. And and he had the, the benefit of a pretty sounds like a pretty nice upbringing. Like his mom sounds really cool. She works in hospice. I don't know if you I'm sure you knew this because you, you've consumed so much more of his content than me. But hearing him talk about his mom and like his mom's experience of working at hospice was like really, really interesting. And his mom sounds like a really amazing person. So I think like he had the benefit of a good upbringing <laughs> um, and he and he's just he's willing to to put himself out there and be vulnerable. But then at the same time has these like really cool like perspectives and a willingness to uh, appreciate the sort of simple beauty that's out there like um you know he doesn't just throw right? people out with such amazing like so that's where i was seeing i was kind of seeing him be on the tife type of axis because it was like he saw value in the tribe you know but again i'm, I'm pretty i don't have I, I don't have like what i would say is a full typing so I'm really, I'm really interested to hear your perspectives. This is interesting. Um, so the things I would be willing to cut on is um, save your FE and save your blast sleep. Hmm. I think my overall type is probably double feminine and IFE blast sleep consume play. And I, I was really surprised. I really struggled with his modalities. Like I think that's the first time I've struggled with somebody's modalities this way. Yeah. The the only like his sensory, I couldn't tell if it was masculine or feminine. I that similar. But I I was leaning more towards um I had MF as like my guess. This is just like a guess. <laughs> so to be clear, like that's why I didn't say it as a commitment because it was a guess. Um, yeah. Um I also I I could see a case for any one of the modalities. I could see the double masculine because like so there is a video on YouTube that's a compilation of um, him handling hecklers. Mm -hmm. And he is just like punching at them so much. But I would not be surprised at all if that is an act. Right. Uh, because when he's on stage, he's in full care. Like he's it's all an act for him. Like he thinks through every part of it. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If he thought through how to handle hecklers in a funny way yeah and i think one of the things that leaned me towards sort of feminine with the tribe um he said several times about like so i listened to a lot of sort of long form like podcasts and stuff of him and he said this in several different interviews where he said people are so non-confrontational in real life and he said aren't we all just like in a line at a grocery store and when we raise our voice at someone our heart pounds for the next 30 minutes so it felt like the thing with the masculine DEs is that, and we saw this like with Lauren Hill, is is it's almost like a boxing match. Like we're willing to just get in and start throwing punches, and we don't, we may or may not actually hurt you with any of this flurry. Right? It's more of like a game. Whereas 
with him, it felt like when he did punch, it was like a laser snipe attack of like, with get laser out. precision. Yeah, like, yes. you're done. Like, this is this is total war on you right now. <laughs> so that's where I leaned more towards the cat energy, if you will. Because he seemed like he would be super chill, super chill, super chill. And then, boom, like, you're going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get a nuclear strike on you. Um, I definitely saw yeah, that. Yeah, from this guy. So that's, that's where I was leaning more towards that. But then when it came to his sensory, nah, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure either, but I think... Um, so ever since the Anna Kendrick class, I've, I, I feel like that helped me understand masculine intuition a lot better. And to, re- to review, Anna Kendrick is uh, double feminine, F-I-N-E. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I see it as a, like, um, almost a punchiness with the humor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, like, because humor is an abstract thing, right? Like, um, humor is very intuition heavy it's like hey here's this connection that i made right and let me share it with you the audience the tribe that's very much how i see his humor is very like like uh, did you have a chance to listen to any of his songs yeah i did yeah and and those are like really um he he takes an idea and then he follows through with it in in a song yes he does yeah he definitely keeps a through line um yeah in that and i way Uh uh-huh yeah and that's where I, I was leaning more towards and I like it, the the sort of quasi type I had. I, I was seeing more sort of save yourself, but, um, you know, we can talk more once we get there. But like I did have him as more N.I. more likely than any. Sometimes it gives an any like effect because he's he is willing to gather the sensory. So sometimes I you could see his gather and you could see his N. And so sometimes if you you know put those together, but to your point yeah like some of his songs there's clearly like this through line of of a narrative that he's telling and he and he's able to like keep the concepts all going it's like a train that's like going almost yeah i'm st- i'm still stuck on his modalities too i was gonna say it's like yeah kind of a feminine ni kind of because it's like it's weaving but it's it's like a river that's going through and he's able to keep it together it's not it's not a train. That's true. But it's it's moving, but it's together, you know? You, l- let's go through the checklist. Yeah. Um, just to make sure we hit uh, every one of his uh, points. Um, so first, uh, observer versus decider. And you said you came down on the decider axis, but also very tenuously. Yeah, I came down on decider uh, primarily because I saw a lot of double observing. He seemed very much willing to take in the information and then try to understand it. At the same time, though, I did see some of those energy spikes around the observation. So it was like, because I, I remember when I first kind of opened this up to sort of look at him, I was leaning towards observer because it seemed like he was having more observer-ish freakouts a little bit mm-hmm. you know um he seemed relatively balanced with himself in the tribe but then like some of his decidering things kind of came out like like his anxiety i mean we're all we all get kind of anxious but it seemed like it was driven more of like oh god all of the tribe is looking at me um and he seemed uncomfortable with that um he also like when people would ask him a question he was always, and so I could totally see Savior Effie, um, because he was always like, kind of lifting up the tribe or like 
like somebody so yeah like somebody asked him a question i think in the vidcon q a and like before he even answered the question he he was like don't be so hard on yourself you are doing great like you know don't take it to like he didn't even answer her question at first he was more taking care of her feelings you know before he did that and so i saw a lot of that and to me that pointed more towards decider i i went decider and i went self but i could just as easily go decider i could go ej or ip which is a little bit weird <laughs> to say but <laughs> i think he's definitely he was so balanced he you know he was i didn't um i couldn't decide on decider observer decider observer for a very long time and the thing that um locked it in for observer for me was um i think it was the interview that he had with um lauren duca from vogue Mm -hmm. and at the end of that interview he goes full rant about our current political situation yeah like full like he's wigging out he's having a freak out and in that freak out he says you know some people want to make it about good people bad people it's not about that it's about the media Mm. and i was like oh finally thank you for giving me an answer yeah no that's Um, good i i didn't catch that line i saw that rant (laughs) i definitely saw that was an intense rant that that was exactly the kind of freak out like yeah helps with typing yeah it does yeah yeah I saw the rant, but I I thought it was more of a decidery kind of thing because he was talking about people and like I mean and and but they I mean Dave and Shannon talk about how sometimes Donald Trump uh, represents an idea because that's the part that I really I think it was that rant when he was like it's Donald Trump like it was like he was so zeroed in on the guy, but I think to your point it might have just been the macro concept of what that what donald trump quote-unquote stands for right yeah donald trump while he is like a human individual i think a lot of people see him as like a concept as like a a thing we've thingified donald trump what that reflects about our current society what him being president reflects about our current society at least yeah me and my observer ways that's how i see him yeah 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 so i i could see that i can absolutely see him being a decider though and especially if he is a decider who is blast sleep consumed that means his ti is double activated and he's a glass lizard and that would make a lot of sense for why he's so balanced i'm not i'm not super committed Uh, to observer or super committed to decider either he's definitely like yeah yeah it's 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 a funny thing about this about op that um decider and observer is so important and yet can be one of the hardest things <laughs> at least for me when i'm typing somebody it's that's really unless you catch them in a nice good old-fashioned freak out sometimes it's really hard to see so yeah yeah a- any one of these things can be really hard to see like with some people they're just really balanced in one area and in another area yeah they just totally wig out <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah okay so what about so human needs you ended up coming down ip on him but you said you could see him as an ej as well well i could see that fe to your point I, you could see that FE. i could see that fe um but it 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 felt like his natural savior was this was the self um and then he had learned to to open up to his fe in i think it was it was when the first thing i listened to which was the h3 i think he's h3 h3 is what he's called but that guy ethan klein or something he did a podcast it was like a two-hour thing um they were talking about their anxiety and stuff like that and like um 
they were both kind of agreeing that talking to others was the challenge, like ta- opening up and talking to others and bringing it to others. And so like, to me, that kind of seemed more like self. But then again, if you have saved, one thing I'm learning more about Savior Tribe is sometimes for the Savior Tribe people, it's even harder to talk to the tribe because we're so obligated to them that opening up and actually connecting with the tribe can be difficult. So you see me, I'm even right now, as we're talking about this, recording it, I'm going back and forth even now. So uh, I could certainly see. How much of that do you think is the fact that for you, your tribe is thinking rather than feeling? And so feeling are are very personal. Like if I, for both you and me, is like it's a very personal um, thing that you don't share with the world. Whereas our ideas, sure, no problem. Um. Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because in this case, when he was saying that he was not willing to talk to the tribe, it was in a feeling. It was talking about his feelings because it was talking about his anxiety and how what he had discovered was you do need to talk about it. That Because he, what he said was that the fear he had was that if he put voice to it, it made it somehow real. And he didn't want it to be real that he felt this way, that it was it was more of a sort of feelings kind of thing. And so he was hesitant or it, it was a struggle. I'll say this. It was a struggle for him. It was a journey for him to share those feelings with others. And then sort of it was like it, it was one of these things where to bring it back to the hero's journey where like you find the elixir and you bring it back. It felt like the elixir that he brought back was no, no, no. You need to talk about your feelings. You need to do that because he didn't do that at first. And he kept that to himself. And he even said, like, I had a panic attack on stage and, like, nobody knew. My mom didn't know. My parents were there. Like, nobody knew. And he had kept it to himself. And so the elixir was like, no, share your feelings with others. That's okay. And so when I was listening to him talk about it, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds like, de- like not deep, well, demon feelings, yes. An unwillingness to sort of look at it. It sounds like demon self to me. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. See, th- that's where I, d- I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, to me, it seemed like he didn't want the tribe to know. So it seemed like he was, like, it was demon tribe. But demon self in, in what way? What do you see? So I see it as demon self in the sense that, like, all of my actions, all of my decisions are made from the tribe. So how could I possibly take care of myself in any capacity? Because how selfish is that? How can I break from the tribe and acknowledge that I'm thinking or feeling this thing? And then he often talks about how within the acknowledging that he does have anxiety, that just voicing it was healing in itself. Like it went right. in a very Brene Brown, you know, right. uh, shame cannot endure connection kind of way that like right. that's what he was feeling. He was feeling shame over his panic attacks. And um, by finally sharing that with another, th- that action in itself was healing. And I think that's what the discovery for him is, is like, oh, my God, I can in some way respect the self and act from the self. I don't have to be a dancing monkey for the tribe. That's how I interpreted that. Yeah. No, that's. But there there is definitely in in that case, feelings attached to the self rather than thinking in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I saw. So I guess this, you know, talking about human needs, um, as we just discussed we were kind of both of us back and forth between observer decider. And in that same way, I was back and forth between tribe or identity. Um, I came down on identity mostly because of 
or, or yeah um of his rants question i thought you came down i thought you were on tribe though because you had nif i'm sorry not identity organize okay okay yes, thank so you so we're talking thank organize you. and gather well i mean i was thinking in terms of his main human need okay got um it. within the scope of all four right i guess okay. on, on the decider axis definitely came down on tribe okay um also in large part because so many of his rants are um when he does go off on people at his shows um, they're very much of a, how dare you put you above all of these people here? How dare you interrupt this show here when look at all of these people? How dare you be selfish? He was demonizing that so much. Yeah. There's also. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he is exceptional. And, and this kind of gets into F.E. specifically. Absolutely exceptional at making people feel something. Like, that's so much of his shows, what his shows are about. And Eighth Grade, I know you said you haven't seen it, but um, I think one of the reasons why that movie has been as successful as it is is because he is able to take the audience and for these two hours that they're watching the movie, give them the same feeling of anxiety that a 13-year-old girl in Eighth Grade feels. Yeah. And in giving them that emotion... Um, help them feel connected to this eighth grader or to eighth graders. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, (laughs) part of the reason I haven't seen it is because I can totally tell that based on the questions he gets. Like um, there was an eighth grade teacher at one of the Q and A's that came up and she was like, thank you for making this. Like it was so, so I absolutely, yeah, I agree with that. And that's where, um, so I, I oftentimes actually type kind of starting a lot of times my opening move, if you will, in my game is the letters Mm. And so I kept seeing NF, 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 yeah. NF. Um, and the only, so I was, I was, and I saw a ton of NF. So that's to your point of like, he can make you feel something. Um, absolutely. I saw a little bit of NT because it seemed like he was doing a lot of puzzle figuring it out of like how to make that happen. But yeah, the, the, um, the priority was on the NF. Yeah. I also, um, just, we're skipping down a little bit here, but I also saw a lot of NF with the side order of NT, yeah. which is why I landed on NF Blast and NT Sleep as mm-hmm. his savior mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely seeing a lot of that, so much NF happening. And he is, his ability to create a feeling for an audience is, and, and to take that feeling, take the audience emotionally on a journey in a very, in a way that like, Chris Angel and Oprah are just exceptional at. Right. Um, is just is impressive. Like there's this one song, um, Repeat Stuff, where he, he talks about how generic a lot of music and, and pop is and like, you know, I love your bluish, brownish, greenish color uh color, the the color <laughs> of your eyes, you know, that thing. And right. at one point he gets into like this repeat stuff, repeat stuff, and he's getting the audience singing with him and everyone's having a good time. And then just like for three seconds, the lights turn red on stage and all of a sudden his arm is coming out from his head, Hitler style, uh-huh. and everyone is <laughs> chanting with him. And then he like just for a brief beat and then he goes right back to the song. Yeah. And just with that beat, he shows the audience of how easy they are to manipulate emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That F. And brings it back to Hitler, who mm-hmm. was, I think, an F-E. Well, that N-I-F-E combo uh, can do that, right? It's like you've got the F-E, 
which is you can get the tribe's feelings and you've got NI. So you've got a vision of where you're going with that. And so you put those two together. And if you're not careful, like if you're not Oprah, I mean, Oprah has this cult of personality thing, right? I mean, it's like you can take people. Yeah, I saw him do a mini version of that in his Netflix specials, the Make Happy. In the the beginning Mm -hmm. of Make Happy, he does kind of like a mini thing that's kind of the same idea of of like you know he he's he's mocking the rap like you know say something and then say hell yeah right like back and forth and people are saying hell yeah to things that's like no I don't think you really agree with that (laughs) like you know (laughs) stuff like that like so yeah exactly like it yeah I, I could totally see it that makes sense also, like, yeah, uh, Darren Brown's also able to do that, like, in, in the way that Darren Brown is able to, you know, like, do this, like, mentalist magic um, and get people to give them the answer that he wants. Bo does that with emotions as well. And, mm-hmm. like, if you listen to some of the songs uh, from when he was a teenager that let him go, allowed him to go viral, like, mind you, I think he uploaded his first song when he was, like, probably 15, 16 years old. And even today, like, more than a decade later, he's not even 30 yet. And he has all of this. Like, so yeah. I, in, in that regard, I think a lot of it, I, I think he's only now starting to um, discover and respect his demons. I think that's a fairly recent phenomena. Mm-hmm. And even that, maybe not as much. We totally jumped all over the place. We did. We did. Yeah. So gather versus organize. <laughs> uh, you went with organize. And I I, I saw him on the same N-I-S-E uh, spectrum. So if I was going to go N-F, it was going to be N-I. So I see that. Yeah. I really struggled with organized versus gather. So I can absolutely see the double observing that you talked about. Like the FE to me was was very obvious. Like the FE slapped me in the face, I guess is what I should mm-hmm. say. The organized mm-hmm. versus gather. I saw intuition above sensory, and yep. especially in masculine intuition. But I couldn't figure out if it was organized or gather because it seemed to be a very NE kind of random connections um, all of these random things. Yeah. But I came down on NI because of um, a lot of his freakouts have to do with not being able to control things. Hmm. Like his, the compilation of him heckling, uh, him dealing with hecklers, that video. Um, it's him freaking out at the individual for fucking with the FE vibe of the tribe and him freaking out with the individual because he's up on his box and he can't control the room. Someone is fucking with that. Yeah. Pardon the French. <laughs> and that's where I saw him freaking out. So I can't, I landed on NI for that reason. Yeah, I saw N above S. And then I I could see the control. Like uh, his movie apparently is extremely uh, closely scripted. So the ums and the likes and the things that are in the dialogue are actually in the script. <laughs> and this was one area where I, a little bit I was like, is that SI? Because that feels like control of the sensory. But either way, like it was, I could see that control. Like it, there was several times where he said, "People think that I just made Homeward Bound," which is a uh, he, and he says this every time too. <laughs> it's a dog movie from like I think it was in the '90s or something like that. So like people think that he just had these free range kids that he was just like, just be yourself. But he's like, no, I scripted this. Like it's very. She knows the script and I've got like 20 takes of her messing this up. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. So I could, he, it's interesting because his control kind of leaked out. Like it doesn't, he doesn't come off as like a controlling IJ kind of thing, but it kind of leaks out and you're like, huh, 
huh, I'm seeing a little bit of control here. So, yeah. Maybe um, maybe you're right on the masculine sensory then. And like Dave and Shannon often say that MFs, um, a, a lot of comedians are audios. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely musical, obviously. Yeah, so I wouldn't definitely. be surprised. Yeah. I just kept seeing in the way that he moved a lot of feminine sensory. That was the main yes. reason I went with double feminine. In the way that yeah. he moved, I saw a lot of that feminine sensory. Yeah. But like, yeah, so his modalities were just incredibly tricky to pin down. Yeah. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if he came, like, if, say, um, if he was a double masculine, especially with, like, how easily rhythm and rhyme comes to him and um, that kind of masculine, the weight of the words, because um, he has a book of poetry that he published maybe four or five years ago called Egghead mm-hmm. and it is just so witty and so smart and he plays with words and rhythm and rhyme in it like with the meaning of the words as well as the cadence and like everything that can be played with he plays with it in this book <laughs> yeah which is why I'm like maybe he is an E because that's well that's a, yeah it's kind of anything do. yeah yeah i was just looking at weird al yankovic who's mf n-e-f-i so it's the mf but he's got the n-e so yeah so it's like i yeah, yeah it's hard to tell sometimes where they where these things come from and that's why to me i saw a lot of double observing because it's like sometimes he came sometimes n-e is like you could see n-e but i feel like it was just the the n-i and the s-e so close that mm. that that was happening so so we talked about feeling versus thinking yep we talked about sensing versus intuition a little bit already yeah and yeah. we both kind of saw a healthy serving of nf with a side order of nt yeah let's uh i want to pause here just maybe i'm just belaboring the point because we do agree on this one <laughs> but another thing with the nf is he seemed i i also was seeing like demon sensory if you will because he seemed to be he even described it sometimes as like he felt like a floating head and very disassociated and things like this where it's like the sensory world was sort of like the unusual thing and that was like there's so many times where he talked about the surreal experience of this or the surreal experience of that of just like being in the sensory world was just kind of weird to him because he's so you know he was so uh, such an intuitive if you will that so again like I could totally see N.I. as like the top savior you know he he definitely i as somebody who's lead and myself i could kind of relate to like that aspect of it you said you also saw a side helping of nt mm-hmm. as in him like figuring puzzling things through or was there something specific it was the puzzling things through it was the um especially um so when he talks about his movie because a lot of people ask him like well why did you do a movie about an eighth grade girl like that's not your experience at all or whatsoever so First, you could see the end of him saying, uh, no, it's not my experience. However, the feeling, so back to your F, right, is like the feelings that he has as he he, he calls it a D-list celebrity, if you will. But like those feelings that he had, those eighth grade girls also had. So she, he was able to make that intuitive leap of like the completely different sensory experiences, but the same feelings, right? So I saw that. And then where I saw him puzzling was like... He he. then instead of just saying like, oh, that's an interesting thing. He then had to like figure out like puzzle, figure out how to convey that feeling 
on a, in a movie setting. Like, so it, it was just a lot of like the mechanics of how he was doing that. He talked about in some of the interviews and it was just very just puzzly kind of thing. Like he was like, I have a problem statement and it's like, okay, these are the way, these are the parts I have and how am I going to make this work and how is this going to work and how am I going to make this look like this? Cause this is what I want to do. So yeah, I, I agree with the NT in service of the NF, if you will, that he was using mm. his puzzling, figuring out skills to put this NF vision on the screen. Uh, yeah. yeah. I also think, um, so you had just mentioned about how he very often when he when people ask him like why did you just make a movie about eighth grade girls what's up with that the the story that he gives is how um he didn't decide it, it was that after his shows all of these eighth grade these teenage girls would come up to him and be like oh my god i identify so much with what you're experiencing right and it felt like so much of a hey guys hey guys i didn't make the decision the tribe made this decision. yeah absolutely yeah you're right yep <laughs> yeah he said that he actually said like it's a bridge they built to me is the way yes, that he described those were it. his words yeah yes yeah but which which feels very much like a tribe above self the tribe yeah the tribe is pulling me up out of this yeah i yeah i'm obligated to what they want and they need Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the the only thing with that and maybe you could help me i think sometimes i i might overcorrect towards um self above tribe because i am tribe above self because what i'm not sure about is to me that almost sounded like it was not obvious to him that he should do that do you know what i mean i feel like as a tribe above self person i wouldn't need a bridge to be built from the girls to me it would be pretty simple for me to be like okay this is what they want so i'm just gonna go do that so that that was one thing that's like it it did feel like he was being pulled by the tribe in a more like it it felt like okay i'm gonna put down what i'm doing and now i'm gonna go with with the tribe you know what i mean like yeah i understand what you're saying yeah i could see that um i think i ended up seeing it as tribe above self i I think that's a really good point i think it it, that to me speaks more to savior blast and his ability to articulate what um making a decision from the tribe as as a person who is tribe above self i think that speaks more about that ability than it does about him being self above tribe if that makes sense yeah me yeah sort of but uh, <laughs> it's a tricky thing because it's yeah yeah of course yeah is it is like is he just for the sake of argument you know is he a ti that is learning the value of the tribe or is he an fe who knew the value of the tribe all along kind of thing like and and i think the way you have it is probably pretty pretty accurate because you've got him as a double decider so his FE and his TI are going to be relatively balanced, right? I mean, he's not going to, he's he's not Oprah, right? I, I don't, I don't feel like Oprah needs a bridge. I feel like Oprah's like, oh, the tribe wants this. Okay, there, I'm I'm there, right? Because Oprah, Gary V, those lead FEs, it feels like they just jump right to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, with you having him as a double decider, it, it probably is a little bit more because I feel that way. I, there's a tension between me and the tribe. Like ultimately I do defer to the tribe, but yeah, it does take a little bit more 
Probably more than an EJ. Because they're they're in the middle, so you see them, right? Yeah. You don't see the, your lead function because that's the one you do all the time. You're on automatic pilot. You don't see your, your last one because it's your demon right. and you totally disrespect it. But the two in the middle are the ones that we're the most aware of, exactly. especially at a younger exactly. age. Yeah. 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 And so that's kind of what I was seeing is like he seemed very aware of his of his identity, if you will, um, mm. and the tribe. So like I said, he's Which, balanced, if he's man. got masculine T.I., then... It'd be hard to not be aware of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's another yeah. good point. And yeah, it can be so hard to uh, not just call the masculine functions the saviors. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very hard. That I mean, even even Shannon has acknowledged that like when they were first doing this, she was spotting the masculine functions and um, seeing them as saviors. Yeah. Yep. I think I think when you're learning to do this, if that's what you're. Um, doing that means that you're you're starting to see something trackable and it's just about like deepening your understanding of what's a savior and what's a demon until you're like start to be able to separate tease those out and i think that's where we're at right now is right. we're starting to be able to tease those apart right um anything else you want to say on the letters i don't think so i don't think so so then decider functions more specifically we talked about ti versus fe I, I it seems like you and I are both in agreement that that's the axis that he's on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see any FI or any TE at all. Y- yeah. I mean, the only time, like you, like we talked about, you know, you could see the feeling and you could see the self. So sometimes it's sort of that, that just binary coin kind of way. I was like, is this FI? But not, it wasn't. It felt, yeah. <laughs> it, it just... I mean, this is terrible to say, but it just, just didn't feel like F.I., if you will, right? I saw more of, like, this is F.E. combining with T.I. to kind of create an F.I.-like effect. Yeah, and that's what one area where, uh, on the observer functions, it didn't, it, it felt like he had both N.E. and N.I. Right. Like, very strongly. More strongly than S.E. or S.I. Yes, <laughs> I agree. So that part was, like, what's happening? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's where I let the checklist guide me where I saw savior control and savior intuition. So I landed on NI. Yeah, I think I did too. I think that's what I had to do too. Because <laughs> I, I, I also, in my little kluge guess, it was NI, but it was for the same reasons of just like, it's N above S and it seems to be control. But like I said, for me, the control was was harder. It was like little little kind of sneak outs of control. Um, so that, like you said, it seemed like NI and NE at the same time. Like he had both, like you could see both, but um, I agree with you on the NI. What do you mean by little sneak outs of control? Well, I I said this earlier that he, you, like I said, like the, the, um, the fact that the, the script was so tightly written, um, and, and things like that. Like he didn't, he didn't come off to me like a, like a controlling IJ, as I sort of jokingly said earlier, it's like he didn't sometimes people will save your control like um actually we just they just did a class on marie forleo right she's got um she she was an ij she's like an intj like a typical one yeah and like to me when i when i watch marie forleo i see an ite like her need for control it's not a secret like she clearly needs to control things and her her pretending to be cool and go with the flow is super awkward like you can tell that's not her natural way of being at all like she thinks she's she thinks she's miss go with the flow person but it's like no you're totally controlling like i can just see it coming off of you he doesn't have that like his when he's on stage when he's talking to people he doesn't 
his need for control to me was not like obvious so it would only Absolutely. it was it would just sort of okay. come out like he would say something and you'd say oh that's kind of controlling <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't as quick to see I guess as some others that's what I mean maybe that's more evidence towards feminine and I versus masculine and I because I agree with that sentiment that you just articulated it was definitely like it, it was something that was leaking out if you're looking for it it wasn't something that slapped you in the face right there you go yeah which if it was masculine and I would have probably slapped us in the face a lot more. Yes. Right. Right. Because even before I got into typology stuff, I think that's part of the reason I didn't like Marie Forley or she would kind of irritate me a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, she's cool. If she's listening to this, she's cool. It was just like I could kind of tell, you know, you could kind of see it. <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I, I love that masculine and I. So I'm like, yay, Marie, I love you. <laughs> um yeah yeah so i think we've i think we've hit on pretty much everything um we haven't talked animals at all yet um actually before we leave the decider functions i wanted to um so i think i mentioned he has a book of poetry oh yeah um i wanted to read one poem because i think this is just such a beautiful example of fe right the flirt i could make an easy joke to get you laughing Something about a cat and then the word pussy being used ambiguously. <laughs> I could tell you a sad story to get you crying. Like how I had a single mother who started selling handmade yo-yos to support her only child. I could tell you an interesting fact to get you nodding. Like how carpets were first made in the hopes that all of the world's grass would one day be replaced by carpets or, as they called them, comfy grass. I could tell you a scary story to get your teeth chattering. Something about a really old man sitting in a squeaky rocking chair pointing at you. What are you in the mood for? <laughs> and that, yeah, okay that, I, that. <laughs> that's fe yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah and and the whole book is like that where he like there are some poems that are so dark and just like make you uncomfortable to read um or, or some that like start out really dark and then somehow at the end are so like compassionate and optimistic and he just does this he just like pulls your emotions like like you're a marionette just like he's in full control yeah yeah um that that's a really that was a good good selection for effie because it kind of says like i can make you feel this if i do this i can make you feel that if i like the feelings are just so variable if you will whereas i think fi it's like no, my feelings are my feelings. Like, you can't make me feel something. You can't do that. Like, it's... Feelings are so much more personal that... Yeah. For an FI person, as opposed to FE, where it's like, ah, you know, they're extroverted. They're... You could you could have this one, or you could have this one, or you could have this one. Um, They're like, there's choices there, right? Whereas... And I think that's, at least for myself, it's one of the reasons why I, like, the... Of all the types, the ones I clash with the most is... Savior FE's, uh, Savior FESI, usually. Um, FENI, I'm usually okay with, but FESI, uh, partially probably because that was my dad, but like, I think part of it is because of that clash between Savior FE and Savior FI. And also part of it is because FE, um, not like necessarily wants to control, but like ends up acting from, from a place of controlling the tribe's emotions. And I'm like, with my demon and I am like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, yeah. that is not happening. Yeah. And that's something that I'm trying to grow and be more okay with. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm starting to see that more and more now that I've got the better understanding of the functions is you're right. It's, I, I think I heard this somewhere that like at its extreme FE can be controlling of the emotions. It can be like dictatorial of like, we all have to feel this way. Everybody's going to be happy. We're all going to be. Yeah. Especially happy. masculine FE with savior control, yeah. which is what my dad was. My dad was masculine FE, masculine SI. Yeah. Or maybe he might have had feminine SI, but definitely SI. And him and I just, we always clashed. Yeah. It was never good. Yeah. Okay. The animals, which we've barely talked about. I know. Yeah. You had, uh, what 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 did you have for his animals? I had him as a know-it-all, Blast Sleep. Blast Sleep. So consume I, last. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, blast Sleep consume activated consume although i i could see activated consume or activated play i could see either one i I wasn't sold on that um did you see anything by way of animals i mean not not much no so mostly just like you say blast above consume i saw that so i saw savior blast or blast high if you will um not blast last um and the the pull i think i i saw blast above play also that uh, yeah, so I could see that. I could see the know-it-all. But, you, I mean, you came down on him with control and with self. So does that mean that you saw him with savory sleep? Lead sleep? Oh, yeah, it would have been. Yep, yep, I would have. Yep, sleep blast. <laughs> Did you have anything um, hit you in the face regarding play versus consume? Like, which of his um, demons is activated? Not, no, not really. Not really, because he he did take in info. He he did he did, um, but it's you know play is taking in information too. But it's a very like I guess um, I landed on play last for a couple of reasons. One because overall I saw a more introverted energy rolling off of him. Yes, which is why I went with two introverted um, animals. But that's also like not always the best way to make a decision um and then the other reason is um they recently described uh play as like you know gary v who loves q a's and loves that like back and forth with the audience and all of that and um the only time that i saw Bo engaging the audience it was it was not in a play it was in a blast yes state i agree it was oh there's a question here let me blast at you it was never that back and forth yeah whenever he did have that back and forth was when he freaked out yeah yeah so i'm looking at my notes again i actually did have play last on both of mine so i guess i did see yeah (laughs) and then the modalities it seems like after our discussion we both landed on feminine decider and masculine sensory what do you think i mean uh feminine tribe i was gonna say feminine tribe and masculine sensory yeah yeah the sensory is really hard i'm still like meh i don't know but yeah i I would say slightly weighted towards yeah audio yeah and given like i mean 15 years old and writing these songs that are just like even now are brilliant and i would never be able to write in my whole life mm-hmm. usually at least to me indicates audio but maybe i'm over simplifying i don't know i don't have enough examples to say Okay, anything else you want to say about Bo? No, this is a good choice. It was a tough one. 
yeah he's a really cool guy i probably will need to like get myself all geared up to watch that movie <laughs> and not it, not think about the prospect of my daughter being an eighth grader <laughs> oh man it was superbly well done my roommates and i watched it yeah and after we watched the movie like about 10 minutes into the movie you're like your heart goes into your throat and it like clenches up and you like can't breathe and then you stay in that situation for the two hours of okay. the movie. <laughs> that doesn't sound too great. <laughs> it's for for us Savior FIs, no, but my my roommates who I was uh watching it with both have F E in their sack and they were just loving it so much. No, yeah. Um and then at the end I'm like, That was fantastic. I'm never watching it again. <laughs> right. That's the thing, because I've got i I've got a feminine FI, you know, so it's just like ah Yeah. I'm gonna go on a FI ride, which you know, generally I've you know I will just get my uh, tissue and go do it, but <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, and then a- after we watched the movie, we're like, okay, we need something. So we watched one of his um, Netflix specials. We watched what? Okay, which was a really great way of like cleansing all those emotions out and like R- right getting back into like, oh, I I own my emotions again. Thank you for that, Bo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that's about it. So. Um, want to share what uh, your thoughts? What did you think of Bo? You can do that on the Objectively Typed subreddit. We'll include the link in the show notes. There, we'll also post our upcoming episode topic if you'd like to type along with us. Thank you for listening to Objectively Typed with Versavia and Evelyn. Until next time. <laughs>